Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lock Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind. A mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick. The latest NFL news and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to November and welcome to week nine of the NFL season. My name is Michael Nazarak and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me, once again, my very good friend and very experienced fantasy writer and player and owner, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Very well, sir. Very well. November, man. It's crazy. It seems like we just had our draft yesterday, and that was, you know, forever ago. And we're more than two-thirds of the way through the regular season for fantasy football. Just flying by. That's right. Uh, but, uh, of course, it's 18 weeks, so technically this is the mid-season point of the season. <laughs> it's crazy. We're going to be doing the uh, – doing this stuff for all the way into, into, into January. But uh, anyway, uh, glad to have you on board here. we got a lot to talk about. Today was trade deadline day. However, the very top news story, of course, everyone wants to talk about is what's going to happen if you own Derrick Henry in your fantasy, in your fantasy league. The number one running back for the season went down, uh, broke, a, broke a, a, I guess, his fifth metatarsal in his foot. Uh, is that the pinky toe, I guess? Uh, anyway, uh, he was seen uh, without a shoe on the sidelines. Went back into the game and played the rest of the game didn't do much at 68 yards rushing and afterwards uh you know he complained about the pain and on such and they had an x-ray and and he had foot surgery and he's out six to ten weeks basically uh may come back right before the playoffs or at the start of the playoffs if the titans are in the playoffs they're they're in right now or they're on track but things could change a lot uh wow they put, immediately put uh henry on ir and then they worked out adrian peterson 36-year-old Pedro Peterson, and uh, and they signed him to the practice squad. you got Jeremy McNichols back there. Darrington Evans no longer an option. He had another knee injury. They put him on IR last week for the second time. He's gone for the year. Uh, they also have Donta Foreman on the practice squad there. So what to, if you own Derrick Henry, uh, Chris, what, what do you do for fantasy? Uh, do, you, do you target Adrian Peterson here or Jeremy McNichols? What, what do you do? Uh, well, I think the guy to target is Adrian Peterson long-term. I mean, for this week, I doubt he's going to get in the lineup. It may be more Dante Foreman, like you said, because he's been with the team. He's more familiar with the, with the system. But uh, Adrian Peterson, clearly he's no Derrick Henry, especially at this point in his career, but he's stylistically more like him than anyone else they have. He's, you know, kind of a power between the tackles kind of guy. Uh, so I, I think he's going to fit in and give you the same 
sort of things. They won't change the offense very much. He's obviously fresh. I know he's 37 years old, but he's, he hasn't played yet this year. Um, someone had mentioned earlier this today, you know, he'll be very fresh and not beat up playing against guys that have had nine or 10 weeks of getting pushed around. So he'll be, he'll be a little fresh. So I, I think he'll come out of the gate pretty strong probably in week 10. But uh, I think he's a guy to target. Uh, and even if he, he only does half the carries and touches that Derrick Henry did, which is probably a reasonable expectation, he's going to be productive enough with those 15 touches a game to, to be worthy of being on your roster for sure and probably being worthy of being a, a, a number two or a number three or a flex uh, and, and a bi-week fill So if you're a Derrick Henry owner and you're in a blind auction bidding uh, fab, you got your money there. Maybe you save seven, eight hundred dollars of the thousand, uh, like uh, a lot of us have, have tried to do in the FFPC or in the Football Guys to the Championship. Uh, wh- how much percentage do you allocate for uh, Adrian Peterson? It's got to be a pretty big amount. What What do you think is uh, a good amount to spend on uh, AP? I, yeah, I think it's going to be a big chunk, but it's, but it's really more dependent on what the rest of your team looks like. I mean, if you if you have can survive not having another running back, then you take a shot at him, but you don't kill yourself. I mean, it, it really depends on the rest of your roster. I mean, if, you, if you've got, let's say you, you drafted three running backs in your first four picks this year, and, you got, and your other two guys are maybe, let's say, uh, James Robinson and Ezekiel Elliott. I don't know. I'm just pulling names out of my hat here. You've got guys that are past their bye, and you've got two solid starters with a couple of decent back fill-ins. Maybe you don't overbid. But I think you definitely should bid. Um, if you need a running back, he's worth everything you you can pay. But spending 500 of that seven or 800 is not unreasonable to get a starting running back in the second half of the season. Well, it's going to be interesting because I, I think in the FFPC there's going to be people that are going to spend 900 plus. I mean, we mm-hmm. saw we saw mm-hmm. people throw 999 dollars at Elijah Mitchell after Week One. So I can see Adrian Peterson going for 900 plus. Now the question is, this is Week Nine, so how many teams still have 900 bucks? Uh, there right. are some teams that are out there and they, they hold their uh, their money for this ex- express reason because they don't know what's going to happen. But I'm, I'm telling you, if you've got just two solid backs and one of them was uh, Derrick Henry, and I, I have the situation in my dynasty FFPC pros versus Joe's team, my other backs Chuba Hubbard slash CMC. Now I hope to get him back this week. My third is Sony Michelle. So I mean, I've got over seven hundred dollars left. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably spend a, a big chunk of that on AP, and yeah. it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But yeah, the rest of my team is pretty good. Uh, you know, I'm 62 right now, but you know, I want to make sure I get into the playoffs. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with AP there. Uh, definitely uh, in the short term, maybe not so much in terms of uh, production and all. But you know, down the line, you know, he could he could put the team over the top and get him into the playoffs there. Uh, there was another big injury of the of the of the week. Kind of got overshadowed because of what uh, Derek Henry uh, on Monday was confirmed that uh, Jameis Winston, quarterback for the Saints, tore his ACL and MCL. He's lost for the season. You got Taysom Hill coming back from a concussion, and Trevor Simeon there. So, uh, well, what do you do uh, if you own uh, Jameis Winston and you got to choose between uh, Hill and uh, Simeon? Uh, do you just go with Hill? Uh, we're not sure. Let's say you got to make this decision before they even practice, uh, Chris. Do you do you go with Hill regardless? I think the reports out of New Orleans seem to be that Hill's going to be back in and, and will be the starter if he's back cleared to play this week. So, um, and it seems it seems very likely that that's going to be the case. Now, the question is, you know, what does that do to the rest of, of New Orleans fantasy producers? If you remember when Taysom Hill stepped in last year for, for Drew Brees, um, uh, Alvin Kamara kind of dropped off quite a bit. He was losing goal line touches. He was losing touchdown runs to Taysom Hill, and he was just losing touches in total. Uh, so it remains to be seen if that's going to be the case. Uh, 
with or without Michael Thomas on the field. So I think there's a lot of concern for all the New Orleans fantasy players, but it is going to be, I think, the Taysom Hill show at quarterback. And he's, he's probably going to be the hot grab off the waiver wire this week in addition to Adrian Peterson. Yep. Okay, well, today, like I said, was the trade deadline. Uh, a lot of speculation to Sean Watson. Uh, the Miami Dolphins were always kind of in the mix there, but they had their reservations about uh, his legal issues. Uh, and then uh, Carolina expressed a lot of interest there, but then they decided, the owner, uh, Tapper, that said that I'm not going to go ahead and uh, spend this uh, capital right now or possibly wait until after the season. Well, the, the, the deadline came and went, and he was not traded. Did that really surprise you, Chris, at all? No, it didn't surprise me because, I mean, there's so much baggage there, and the cost was so high that those two things are just mutually exclusive. You're not going to dump. I thought that Houston's asking price for Watson was too high anyway, and you're certainly not going to do that with all the potential legal issues hanging over, over his head right now. So it didn't surprise me he did not get traded. What surprised me more was some of the other guys that did not get traded, including guys on his team like uh, all the veterans in their backfield who they clearly – are not going to build around for the future, and there's some teams that need running back, like Tennessee, you would have thought might have been interested in a David Johnson or a Philip Lindsay. Um, you would have thought that maybe Denver, since they appear to be in a fire sale mode after trading Von Miller, might maybe move some of their veterans and really rebuild, you know, like, like you and I had chatted briefly about possibly on an extreme case, Melvin Gordon or Teddy Bridgewater, even going to some of the teams that need quarterbacks and running backs that we've already talked about. So I was more at OBJ, you know, one of your, one of your boys, your favorites, OBJ surprised he wasn't mm-hmm. traded to the Saints or to somebody or to the Packers maybe who could use a, that to get over the top. A lot of guys that should have been traded more so than Watson were not traded. And that probably surprised me more than, than Watson not going anywhere. So apparently the OBJ and uh, the Saints, uh, OBJ's father posted a video <laughs> basically showing all the mistakes that Mayfield, Baker Mayfield had made in terms of not getting the, uh, the ball to OBJ uh, in, in a timely fashion when he was open, uh, making poor throws and such. But regardless of that, the Saints did try to get uh, OBJ, and uh, I think that they had kind of a parameters about it, but the issue was the fact that OBJ is making over $10 million a year, and I think the Saints didn't want to pay him that because – you know, of what he's done or not done on the field. And, and the Browns weren't about to eat uh, a lot of that and not have him on the team, so they decided to just go ahead and keep him. But like you said, I think that uh, Melvin Gordon, uh, a potential trade to the Titans, would have been a really good uh, solution for both teams because Devonta Williams could have taken over for Denver. Uh, Denver gets, a, you know, a high draft pick, a relatively high draft pick back. They wouldn't get a first or a second, but maybe a third or something like that for Gordon and, uh, you know, get some salary cap relief, and, and that goes over to Tennessee. But, you know, uh, uh, say la vie. That's uh, things of fantasy nature, and uh, you know the teams didn't want uh, wanted to want to do that. And like you said, I thought that maybe Phil Lindsay might have been traded, or even like you said, David Johnson. I don't know. I think maybe the Texans just want to keep David Johnson because uh, they know that when they get rid of him, whether they cut him or whatnot, they're gonna you know all, everybody's gonna realize, hey, yeah, you guys were idiots for uh, trading DeAndre Hopkins for 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 David Johnson. But regardless, that team's they not going anywhere. That. They're planning for the future. <laughs> But anyway, that, last. So I don't but, think they're gonna... Yep. So uh, I think that the, that uh, uh, let's go ahead and move on over to this last bit of news. Uh, the very sad and sobering news: uh, Raiders uh, wide receiver Henry Ruggs was involved in a uh, car crash early this morning, right down the road here in Las Vegas. Uh, the people, people, you know, this is what happens sometimes when you get a lot of money as a young person and you think you can, uh, drink and drive and, and at four, uh, three, I'm um, three forty in the morning, 
uh, slammed a, a young girl's uh, car and it uh, blew up. And uh, it's unfortunate. I've got video here and everything. And and she she died. Uh, and uh, you know he stayed around. He seemed impaired. They uh, later booked him and charged him with uh, DUI, uh, causing a death. Uh, this is not good. I don't, I don't know. If, you think, uh, Chris? Do you think his career is over? Uh, short answer, yes. I mean, I, I hate to reduce it. I know we're a football show, a fantasy football show, and that's the most. That's what we're here to talk about. But it, it just pales by comparison to the, to the loss of life and the and the poor decisions made by a young man with such a promising future, uh, who threw it all away for for a moment's worth of, of stupidity. So it's I, I, I hate to talk about football because that's like secondary at best. But yeah, I think his his career is, is potentially over because. In, as I understand it, in Nevada, uh, it's, it's this, this felony of causing death while driving is a minimum one-year sentence. Minimum one-year sentence. No probation if convicted. And he was, by all accounts, clearly under the influence when he caused somebody's death. So he, he's going to jail for a year minimum is what it sounds like. Yeah. And it's just hard to recover from that, even at the age of 22. I even heard somewhere it was like two to 20 years. So, uh, you know, it, mm-hmm. it is what mm-hmm. it is. Uh, unfortunate, uh, these young guys, you know, you got all the money in the world and you're, party, and you're in here at Party Town. Uh, get a limo to drive you home. Don't hop in your sports car and hop around and think you own the world and everything because it, it, things like this can happen, and it's, it's sad. But anyway, uh, let's move on over to the list of injuries here real quickly. Colin Murray with that ankle in Arizona, we're not going to know until tomorrow when he hits the field if he can practice and play this week. Kind of like a Dak Prescott situation. Fortunately for Prescott, moving to him with a calf, looks like he's expected to play. Went through a really good workout right before the game last Sunday night. Looked like he was almost 100%, so I think it's it's slam dunk for him to play this week. In Carolina, Sam Darnold's been struggling, and now he's got a concussion, so we'll see if he'll play this week. P.J. Walker would start if he can't go. Uh, Saquon Barkley is another week closer to returning from that ankle injury. He didn't play on Monday night. We'll see if he can practice later this week. James Robinson got good news with that bruised heel. He is day-to-day, so it looks like he's got a shot to play. We'll see if he can practice. Josh Jacobs coming off the chest injury. He had the bye. Uh, we'll see if he can practice and play. Otherwise, Kenyon Drake is going to be a, lo- a large um, loom large there for fantasy owners. Elijah Mitchell with the ribs. This really, really wasn't reported after Sunday's game on Monday. He's going to be limited in practice this week, but probably be able to play if he can practice. Latavius Murray with the ankle uh, coming off the bye once again. We'll see what happens there if he can practice. Um, Javante Adams has not been activated off the COVID list. Yes, he needs two negative tests in a row. I'm not sure if that's happened. Probably not. But they did remove Alan Lazard, who's a close contact from him from uh, the reserve list, and, and Lazard is unvaccinated. But he passed the test and such, so he's been away for 10 days, and he's going to come back and expect to play. We'll see about Adams later this week. DeAndre Hopkins had the long weekend to rest up that sore hamstring that he kind of re-aggravated during the Thursday night game. We'll see if he can practice. He'll probably end up playing, but he might not be 100%, and that's what you're looking at. Maybe you know one or two big plays here, and then you might sit again, so we'll see. Debo Samuel with a calf injury, uh, that was also mentioned on Monday, so it didn't seem like it was too big of a deal, but we'll see if he can practice. Uh, once again, they mentioned uh, Tampa Bay's got a bye, but Antonio Brown, fortunately for him, they're saying that after the bye, he should be able to come back from that ankle injury. We'll see, but you know, sit him this week. He's not playing. 
a whole bunch of giant receivers. Kenny Galladay with a with a knee did not play this week. We'll see Sterling Shepard. Oh boy, quad injury after he had a hamstring. <laughs> Came out of the game. Uh, it's I don't know. That's a short week there. Sammy Watkins with a thigh uh, in Baltimore. Uh, kind of up in the air. We'll see if he can practice. Corey Davis with a hip. They said he had a chance to play, but after sitting the, the yesterday and today, uh, he's going to have to practice and do something tomorrow if he's got any shot to play on Thursday night against the Colts. Julio Jones, the hamstring, didn't play. Uh, golly, he's just been dealing with this forever. Um, I haven't touched uh, Julio Jones in, in a draft in like two two years because of all these nagging injuries. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, concussion. Well, he sat Tuesday, not expected to play this week. You think he's going to play next week, uh, Chris? You think he's got a shot? Uh, next week, yes. He's not playing Thursday night. They have ruled him out for Thursday night already. Okay. Uh, and then finally, uh, with the tight ends, Darren Waller coming off the bye, of course, had the ankle injury. Uh, everybody, all the fantasy owners are going, boy, the thin, it's thin at wide receiver, tight end, I'm sorry, tight end because of injuries. We'll see if he can play. Dawson Knox actually was listed as day-to-day with that hand. They had originally said he was going to sit probably three weeks, which would include this week. We'll see if he can practice. Otherwise, he's going to miss one more week. And I know last week at the end they said that, uh, that George Kittle, hopefully some good news here. We'll see. Uh, he's eligible to come off IR and actually play this week, and they expect him to play. So fingers crossed if you own Kittle and uh, you know he can get some practice in and coming off that uh, calf injury, we'll see if he can play. And we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim... Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, we also have people, please check out our website, ffmastermind.com. Lots of good free stuff there, including uh, free NFL daily quick bit news items, as well as uh, Ina Sky Scanner reports from our scouts, including those that cover the Colts uh, from Chris Rito here. Uh, of course, we're uh, still pumping out the weekly in-season fantasy newsletters. Our mid-season sales going on for the rest of the season. Uh, it's only fourteen ninety-five, the price of a large PC. You can try us out. You want to check out some premium content uh, that's been released this year. We have the, the week three market, free for you guys to view, week four inside Slant, and we're going to be releasing part of this week's newsletter uh, free also to view. Uh, check us out here in the next day, and you'll see exactly what that is. And please follow me on Twitter at FFMastermind. All right, let's get right to our picks to click and flick off your starting roster or onto your starting roster for the week. Give me a couple of quarterbacks you like this week, Chris, and why. Uh, I like Tua this week. I mean, the Texans are hemorrhaging fantasy points to everyone, and surprisingly to quarterbacks, even though they're trailing heavily in other games. So you wouldn't think that other teams would be passing against them. They've allowed five games over 25 fantasy points this year already, and they've allowed the most rushing touchdowns by quarterbacks as well. All of these factors kind of dovetail into Tua's wheelhouse, and this looks like a get-right game for a kid who has struggled to the eye but has still averaged 25 fantasy points per game in three games since his injury. I think he's also going to be feeling a little confident after the trade deadline pass without Watson being en route to, to Miami. So, uh, side note, if Tyrod Taylor is activated as expected, he could be a viable streamer on the other side of his NFL matchup. And then I like Baker Mayfield this week. It's kind of a sneaky play that many may not consider. 
But uh, Cincinnati is way easier to pass on than to run on, even with a solid run game like Cleveland has. Now, remembering my uh, very decidedly non-professional time as an athlete and watching sports as long as I have, there's always one matchup or one stadium that for some reason an athlete always excels in. And for Mayfield, that is games at Cincinnati. Three career games in Cincinnati, he has never thrown for less than three touchdowns or less than 26 fantasy points, averaging 280 and four scores in three games there. He's probably on the waiver wire, too, because of a down start and the injury, so he's a good way to survive a bye week if you need him. Wow, I did not know that about Mayfield in Cincinnati, so listen up, people. All right, a couple of guys I like this week. Aaron Rodgers, uh, why? Because he's going to get uh, some most of his uh, uh, core back, uh, especially if Devontae Adams comes back. And they're playing the Chiefs. The Chiefs have all kinds of problems, barely beat the Giants on Monday night. I think this is a big, 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 big game for Aaron Rodgers, so start him if you own him, of course. Uh, Carson Wentz, uh, I think he's going to get it done against the Jets this week. Usually teams don't uh, throw against the Jets, but lately they have, and with a lot of success. They're going to run, of course, but uh, Wentz has got a lot of uh, options there beyond T.Y. Hill, and he's not going to play. But Michael Pittman is just playing like a monster lately, so I think Wentz is going to have a really good game this week. So, uh, in fact, uh, for all you guys that have Tom Brady on a bye like I do, that's my guy, Carson Wentz, this week. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week, Matt Jones uh, for the New England uh, Patriots. They're playing Panthers now. Carolina struggling offensively, but defensively, there's nothing wrong with that defense. Uh, they're solid. Uh, they're going to have trouble running the ball. I think they're going to have trouble passing the ball. It's going to be a low-scoring game for this uh, for this game. And, and Bill Belichick doesn't mind winning these games if it's nine to seven, something like that. So uh, Mac Jones is not going to light up this week. Be careful there. And Matt Ryan lost, uh, lost Calvin Ridley for probably the rest of the season uh, since he's taking care of his mental health, stepping away from football there. Uh, they've reestablished Mike Davis as the, as the primary running back, although Corderell Patterson is still contributing there. But without uh, Calvin Ridley, uh, Matt Ryan did not impress last week. Uh, the Saints are the, the opponent this week. It's in New Orleans. Nope. Sit Matt Ryan this week. Uh, how about you, Chris? A couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why this week. Uh, amazingly, Jalen Hurts has continued to put up strong fantasy numbers despite looking horrific for most of the games because of his scrambling and the garbage stats. They finally found an opponent last week for which he could run. They don't need to pass, and he posted very anemic numbers. They took the ball out of his very erratic hands. Now they're going to face a reeling Chargers team this week with an even worse run defense and a better pass defense, and they're not going to get a big lead on Philly. So I think there should be very, very little reason to throw the ball. I expect another weak stat line from Jalen Hurts. And then Justin Fields, uh, like Hurts, Fields really only has fantasy value based on his rushing stats, and this week does not look like a good chance to do that. The Steelers have allowed amongst the fewest fantasy stats to quarterbacks and are especially good at limiting quarterback rushing, only 33 total rushing yards the last six games by quarterbacks, despite playing a string of mobile guys. Uh, Don't chase those points from last week. He averaged 10 points per game for five weeks as a starter despite facing all bottom-half fantasy quarterback defenses before he popped off for 28 last week against another bottom 10. Steelers are going to corral him. Okay. Uh, how about uh, running backs? A couple of running backs you like and why this week? A couple of young guys. I like Boston Scott. I mean, it's hard to read too much into the usage last week because of the lopsided score and what was it seemed to be an evenly split three-headed running back by committee. But the play-by-play analysis really shows that Scott was clearly the guy until the game got out of hand. Howard only had a handful of meaningful snaps in the first half before the score was 24-zip, and Gainwell had all his carries in garbage time. So Scott's the guy to own, and with a 30-second rated run defense of the Chargers, he should get ample opportunities. I'd like him to have a solid game with a dominant share of the volume. And I love Elijah Mitchell this week. Um, 
The rookie has thoroughly dominated touches and snaps in the backfield recently, and whenever he's been healthy, and that, I think that's going to continue. While the Cardinals okay. overall have yielded fewer, have yielded fewer fantasy points, they have allowed top eight totals in rushing yards and yards per carry, receiving yards, and receptions to running backs. They've just not allowed touchdowns so far. So I think Mitchell should be able to turn high volume into a solid fantasy day, even without a touchdown. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> a couple of running backs I like this week. Uh, Miles Gaskin been very uh, up and down, but guess what? He's facing the Texans this week, so I think he's going to score. Uh, probably, and he's still been seeing uh, playing uh, more than fifty percent of the snaps, even with Malcolm Brown out. Uh, despite the fact that Patrick Laird's seeing some touches, as so Salman Ahmed, I, I like Miles Gaskin this week. And Josh Jacobs, if healthy, I think he's going to score on the Giants. So you, you plug and play there; it's not going to be an issue. A couple of guys I'm concerned about. Um, well, uh, this goes in with. Matt Ryan. I know Mike Davis is uh, probably going to see more touches as as he as he is uh, because of uh, the absence of Calvin Ridley. But uh, against the Saints, that does not translate into any much production because of uh, the really good run defense there. So I'd be careful about starting Mike Davis and Javonta Williams against the Cowboys. I think they're going to let him uh, limit him and uh, and Melvin Gordon basically stealing most of the red zone touches now uh, for some reason and and uh, Williams hasn't been producing so I'd be very careful there especially Teddy Bridgewater very inconsistent uh you know the Cowboys shut down Kirk Cousins that they limit Teddy Bridgewater Devonta Williams not going to have any opportunities there uh to produce so uh, how about you Chris a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why uh, I'm a little worried about James Robinson this week. I, I, the bruised heel is a little concerned, but this is more about the opponent and the style than his health status or his usage. Buffalo has simply shut down opposing fantasy running backs all season. Only uh, Derrick Henry has topped 45 rushing yards against him, and only a 73-yard screen pass by Antonio Gibson allowed him to be the only other running back to top eight and a half PPR fantasy points against them. That's, that's ridiculous shutdown. They've allowed a league low 24 catches to running back so far and no touchdowns of any sort to you guys I just mentioned. This one could get ugly, and they could even pull Robinson early if he's gimpy at all. And then I'm really worried about all the Patriots running backs this week. The Panthers have been the NFL stingiest to opposing running backs. The details of those stats make several tough calls on Patriot guys. Damian Harrison is solid but derives a fair amount of his value from touchdowns, and Carolina's only allowed three on the ground. And no one's gone over 51 yards rushing, aside from Dalvin Cook and Zeke. Few have even topped 10 carries, so the volume could be low. Carolina's also allowed the league lowest receptions and yards to running backs and zero touchdowns, so even Bolden is a weak flex for PPR in this system, so in what I, you expect to be a low-scoring game, like you said earlier. Yep. Okay, how about wide receiver? A couple wide receivers you like and why? I love Jerry Judy this week. Um, he was eased into action a bit with regards to snap count, but he was very solidly utilized at a high rate when he was on the field last week. They even gave him a rushing attempt, so I think they're confident in his health. Um, I look for his snap count to rise again and for him to have a good success against the Dallas defense that will likely be facing a high volume of passes as usual. That's allowed, and it's allowed amongst the most fantasy points to wide receivers. Any sniff of the end zone gives him a higher ceiling than most this week, too. So if you look also, polished route runners like Judy on teams with multiple viable wide receiver threats, like Denver has, um, have had bigger success so far in this matchup. And then I love Devontae Parker. He's averaging about 15 PPR points per game uh, this year, and he missed the three games against the league's three worst pass defenses. So it could have actually been even better. He has about a high floor of any wide receiver in fantasy right now, with a low of seven targets this year and some really solid volume. Uh, but he's also shown a low ceiling with only one touchdown. He should enjoy a high-volume day despite the inconsistencies in Miami's passing game. He's a great number three with strong upside if he scores against Houston's terrible secondary. 
Yeah, I think I have to agree with you there. Uh, a couple of guys I like this week, Brandon Cooks, uh, especially if Tyrod Taylor comes back. But even though uh, uh, Davis Mills played last week, Cooks did have the big play. I think he's going to score on the Dolphins. It's, it, it could be it actually could be an upset in this one, but I don't know. I mean, two is probably going to get him in the end anyway. Another guy I like this week, Marquise Brown coming off the bye. Uh, I think he's going to score on the Vikings. Uh, uh, you know, they gave up the late scores to the Cowboys last week. I think Marquise Brown is, a, is a, basically an auto start in this situation. A couple of guys I'm concerned about, Julio Jones, when are you not concerned? He's got the hamstring injury. They're playing the Rams this week. Uh, that equals fantasy bench for me. And Allen Robinson, is there really a reason to start him at this time when he's catching two passes for 20 yards pretty much every week? I don't know. Anyway, uh, those are the two guys I'm not crazy about this week. How about you, Chris? Uh, give me a couple of guys you're not crazy about at wide receiver. I uh, don't really like Devonta Smith this week. I mean, I mentioned earlier that the passing game is a non-factor in Philly, and the receivers are a shrinking part of that passing game, even when they do throw it. Uh, Jalen Rager's potentially out, so I think Smith becomes the only NFL-caliber wide receiver on the roster, so he's surely going to see shadow and maybe double coverage all game. Um, you're relying on him getting that one big play to make him fantasy-worthy this week, and the Chargers just have not allowed those very often. In fact, the next wide receiver to get 100 yards on this team will be the first one this season and only the fifth in the last three years to get 100 yards against the Chargers. So you probably have better options for your lineup even during the bye week. And I don't like Marvin Jones this week. Uh, after starting the season as the team's best big play threat, he's kind of handed over that mantle to the newly acquired Jamal Agnew in recent weeks, who's been far more involved as a wide receiver than I think a lot of people have expected since the trade, 25 targets the last three games. Urban Meyer recently said Agnew is the best separator we have right now and the weapon we have to use more. So this reduces the likelihood of Jones having those big play chances, especially against the pass defense, which has allowed the fewest yards, touchdowns, and fantasy points to receivers despite playing with big leagues like Buffalo had. So I, I don't like Marvin this week. I think he's going starting to slip away. Okay. How about the tight end position? A couple of guys you like at tight end. Uh, I like Tyler Conklin. He's in the midst of a three-game stretch against the worst, some of the worst teams in defending the fantasy tight end. Makes for a great bye week sub. Quietly in the top 10 in tight end targets and has back-to-back double-digit PPR weeks despite not scoring. This week, he's got the Ravens, who give it the most fantasy points per game of the tight end, and are in the top three in all stat categories to the position. So I think he's got a chance at good volume and success. Then I like Jared Cook of the Chargers. Um, they're struggling recently, but this should be a get-right game for their offense. The Eagles have been really good at limiting the fantasy wide receiver because they get shredded by the tight end. Philly just finally broke a six-game streak of allowing a tight end to score, but they allowed 10 catches for 89 yards to Hawkinson last week nonetheless. So I think with Williams fading back into obscurity and no red zone target since week three, Cook is their second-best receiving option and their best TD option on a team that can stop neither. Yeah, I agree with you there. All right, a couple of guys I like this week. Uh, Mike Jacecki, he's been uh, he's been awesome for fantasy. Uh, I think he's going to score on the Texans this week. A great matchup there. And C.J. Uzma, uh, the Browns are really struggling against the tight end lately in uh, Cincinnati. Uh, they, uh, you know, Joe Burrow. Hey, I go to who's open and who can do things for me, and uh, that is C.J. Uzma. So I like him this week. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week: Joe New Smith. Uh, you know, he's got the shoulder injury. The Panthers are limiting the tight end. Smith, uh, Smith is still seeing less targets than Hunter. Henry, so I said Jonu Smith. And uh, Evan Ingram, uh, yeah, he scored on Monday night, yeah. But other than that, he hasn't really made much of an impact in 2021. He was not traded today. He's still a giant. Uh, he got his first score on Monday night, but uh, I don't think he's going to do much this week. So you can do better. Look elsewhere. How about you, Chris? A couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why? Uh, I think George Kittle. Um, and you mentioned he's going to probably try to get back on the field this week, but the bigger factor to me is that the Cardinals have absolutely shut down the tight end this season. 
They've allowed a total of under five PPR points per game to the position. Uh, Kittle has also never done well versus Arizona. He's only averaging 56 yards a game in seven career games, only one touchdown. And most of those years were with no other wide receiver options in San Francisco. And now Debo Samuel has emerged to attract targets. So I think you start him if he's active, but don't expect a huge game. And if he fits, Ross Dwelling is even less playable. And then my caution play for the week is Kyle Pitts. I mean, I know the kid's lighting it up recently, but let's be fair, it was the Jets and the Dolphins he abused. This week, he faces the Saints and their stingy defense, which has allowed no scores and under 40 yards per game to the tight end. And they held Tampa tight end trio to a combined four catches for 31 last week. And that was with real wide receivers to have to cover. So if you want to say Pitts is more of a wide receiver one with Ridley out, I'll agree with you. But that means he's going to see shadow covered from Marshawn Lattimore this week with no other viable threats on the field. So I think really low expectations for the rookie as he gets a humility lesson from the veteran Lattimore. Yep. Okay. Uh, how about one-hit wonders at kicker and defense? Hit me with them, Chris. Uh, like Mike Badgley, the Colts, I mean, he's yet to miss the Colts, and he's facing the team on Thursday night that allows the most field goal attempts and points per game. Plus, Thursday night football is often a field goal fest on the short week. And then here's a name that I guarantee you nobody has on the roster, Brian Johnson. Who is he? He's the guy who's been filling in admirably for Will Lutz for the Saints. He's got an indoor game with a questionable quarterback situation. That often means multiple field goal attempts. A couple of defenses I like, I mean, the, the, about as no-brainer as a streaming defense could be is Miami against Houston this week. Uh, Miami's underperformed, so you know they've got some talent. And then I like Green Bay at Kansas City this week. Green Bay has been great in defense in a seven-game win streak, among the league best in sacks and turnovers. And KC, amazingly, is the second most generous team for a fantasy defense to play against. How about the Colts against the Jets on Thursday night? I, I do like that, but they're fairly well-owned, so I didn't include them on my list. I tried to pick up some defenses that were uh, less than 50% owned on average in fantasy leagues. That's cool. That's cool. I do like uh, yeah. Uh, three weeks ago they weren't owned, and then we grabbed them in the FFPC, so uh, you know, we've been riding them lately. Uh, anyway, we want to thank everyone for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Michael Masrek. We'll see you all next week when we preview week 10. Yes, double digits of the 2021 NFL season. Good night, and good luck to everyone playing this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Masrek the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.